Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for being a part of the Fearless Army. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And when you do, ask me a question in the comments. Each week, we'll compile your best questions and answer them on air. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Thursday. Great, awesome show planned for you today. Uh, we're going to have the QB killer, Warren Sapp, just around the corner. Steve Kim's going to join us. We're going to talk some football. We'll talk about Warren Sapp and whether he's going to join the Colorado football staff. Can't wait to hear from Warren. That's just around the corner. I need you all to start slamming that like button. I need you all to leave a comment. If you're watching or if you're listening over Apple, I need you to hit that five-star review and leave me a comment. Let's help fight the algorithm. Uh, Before we get to Warren Sapp and get to QB killing and just talking about Colorado football, I'm going to play, I'm going to warn you now, I'm going to play real nice with Warren about Colorado. No reason for me and Warren to be beefing about Colorado today. Uh, But you will get your, a tiny bit, you know, with Warren, it'll be your daily dose of Dion uh, as I talk with Warren at the uh, open of the show. Uh, Before I do any of that, I want to clear up some room for Warren and uh, tell you guys about Nugenics. Guys, are you ready to boost your testosterone and get your old self back? Our sponsor, Nugenics Total Tea, is offering a complimentary bottle when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword fearless. Are you ready to lose your shape, your muscle, your energy? As men, we lose free testosterone, the man hormone. We lose it fast and we lose our strength. We lose our energy. We lose our willingness or our ability to be as active as we want to be. It's even harder to stay in shape. Now you can get that old fire back with Nugenics. Want more energy, more power to fight the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock and re-energize your life. It'll help you look and feel like the man you want to be. And now get a complimentary bottle when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword fearless. This is the unprecedented formula with science-backed key ingredients to safely maximize your free and total testosterone levels, help you increase muscle mass, and skyrocket your performance as you age. Nugenics is also the number one doctor-recommended testosterone-boosting brand. If you're not totally satisfied, Nugenics will refund 100% of your purchase price plus shipping and processing. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword fearless. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermal X, our newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fast and get lean fast absolutely free. That's 231-231 and enter the keyword fearless. 
231-231, keyword fearless. Texting enrolls you in reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. The number one doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by the IQVIA 2022. Oh man, I've been looking forward to this uh, interview, this conversation all week for a multiple reasons, but in the last 24, 48 hours, I've heard some report that Warren Sapp's going to enter the coaching profession. And, and Warren, I, I just want to start here. Do you know it snows in Colorado? Are, are you aware You know that you're a Miami boy, you played at Tampa, you played for the Raiders? It snows in Colorado. You know, I'm from Orlando, right? <laughs> Orlando, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I got adopted by the boys down south, so I was born in Orange, but I like to party in Dade. But this is something that is not about me. I mean, those kids in, infected me. I mean, I, I told you this when I first saw you when I was talking about TCU, those kids infected me. And they have motivated me to go back and finish what I need to finish to make this a possibility. That's what you was, should have been reading yesterday and not that I had joined the staff because some people jumped the gun and I, I've thought it in the last 20 plus years I've been able to speak my mind pretty clearly and my words don't get meant. So I got some work to do before I can get offered a job and accept the job. So let's just go slow with this. <laughs> Jesus, just what's the, work, what's the work that you What's the work I that you need? I need a, a bachelor's I need a bachelor's. I got to finish my college. I, I left a little early for financial reasons to retire my mother, and we just discussed it this morning. It's been 28 years, so I think I'm good now. All right, and so is coaching something you've always wanted to do, or you caught the bug spending that time with Dion and the Buffalo? No, I caught the bug a, a little while ago when Gerald McCoy came to me and I was working with him and then I was working with some other guys and then I had the Wise Boys last summer down in Miami. And I just said to myself, I said, I can't, I can't die with this knowledge. I, 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 <laughs> I can really, really help these kids put some generational wealth and retire some mothers like my mother is. So, And Prime gives me a proper opportunity because he's not going to ask me to be there at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And that was always my thing about the coaching profession. They spent more time at the job than we did. Monty Kiffin used to sleep in the players on the player's couch. We used to wake him up in the morning coming in when the guys come in early for their lift and, you know, send him on his way. But it's something I've always wanted to do because I know, I believe I have the ability to do so. Because when you've looked at the game like I've looked at it four feet down, I don't know anything else. <laughs> that, that's what I know. And I was damn good at it. And I say, if you couldn't stop my move on a professional level, if I teach it to someone on the college level, we should have a lot of fun on Saturdays. So one of the things that the comments I've heard from people uh, about seeing you at the cookout here in Nashville, seeing you on last week's show and and this person stated to this to me, and I've had one other person, but a person stated to me is like, 
Hey, man, I, I didn't know Warren Sapp was smart. I, I didn't. <laughs> and so people have been watching you engage with me on the show. And, and I spotted it. I mean, I've known it, but I spotted it like at the cookout. I was trying to like, man, Warren's really quick on his feet. He has all this information. He has all this. Not. I go, He's just not coming off the cuff. And I've had people say like, oh, man, Warren Sapp is 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 smart. And it kind of. I don't know, because you're such a gregarious personality, because you play a position that calls it's for intimidation. It's easy to dismiss a defensive lineman as a, a, just a brute. Absolutely, it's easy. Yes. And I tell people all the time, you think I was, I got almost, I got over 102 and a half sacks with playoffs, 96 and a half regular season. You know, over 100 sacks, because I was guessing. Really? <laughs> There's a plan that I was implementing, and I had my dogs around me in a, in a wild dog pack. One eats, all eat. We all eat, everybody eat. The lone wolf dies alone. So I've always, you know, loved that team atmosphere. And my God, I'm telling you, those kids infected me. They really, really infected me because it's been a long time since I've had somebody try to suck all the knowledge out of me, you know? Joe Tullifer did that for me down in Oakland and, you know, Tyler Brayton, some of the young guys, Tommy Kelly, I was working with at the end of my career. You know, they was making sure that they was getting what they needed to do to, you know, further their careers. You know, Michael Strahan called me from New York and was like, yo, you know this Tullifer kid? I'm like, yeah, Dave, that's my kid. He's like, he's in here trying to show Tuck. To my, I learned this from Sap. I said, yeah, he learned it from me. <laughs> he sat underneath me for about four months until they got rid of it. But he's got the basics of it, Mike, but you got to put your own little spin into it. And if you watch that, that Super Bowl against uh, Brady, Tuck is using that move and going home all night long. I say, boy, it's beautiful when you can pass along some knowledge and bring championships. And so you said it's a bit premature, but how confident do you feel 90%, 80% that you'll be a part of Dion's staff next year? Oh, no, 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 I can't. I can't tell you what Dion's going to do. But I'm going to put, I'm, I'm as sure as third and seven that this right guard or left guard doesn't have a chance in hell to stop me from getting to the quarterback that I'm going to finish what I need to finish. And then it's, it will be on him. What do you say? I got to have, I gotta have my, my stuff right. <laughs> I got to have my got stuff it. right. I got to have my paperwork got and say, here it is, and then we go from there. And so at the cookout, I, I, I said to all you guys, you <laughs> and Brett Favre, Seth Joyner, that sometimes great players – struggle because you know it and you know it instinctively, you know it like the back of your hand and it's you can lose patience with people not as smart as you and not as gifted as you. Do you feel like you have that patience? I've worked with people all around me all the time that wasn't as gifted as me. For 13 years in the National Football League and they was getting a check and sometimes their check was bigger than mine. When you're dealing with a young man that wants to take his mom off a dirt road like I was gonna do, or dad that's off dope, or whatever the situation is. Patience. Patience, huh? It, it, it wrong one built in a day, but she was towed down in 20 minutes. And that's the case. that's the thing you have to be honest with yourself that how each kid learns is gonna be different. How each man learns is gonna be different. So I'm ready for that challenge, I believe. And I believe I have a unique way of communicating, Jay. <laughs> I have a unique way of communicating with, you know, 
the riches of my teammates to, you know, the hoodies of my teammates. I've always been good with that. And I, I think it's no different whenever you're talking about a pack mentality of defensive alignment. I'm speaking your language. And if I'm not, you're in the wrong room. Let's say you get your affairs in order and, and something doesn't work out with you in Colorado. Are you willing to go coach someplace else as well? It depends on the head coach. Depends on the head coach and the hours that he's asking me to work. You know, I, I'm going home. <laughs> I just, I need to recharge because I'm somebody who's going to get in the drill with the kids because there's nothing like showing and teaching. Teach and show. And if, you're, if I'm a 50-year-old, 50-something-year-old man doing this, and you a 19, 18, 20-year-old kid, come on, son. Will you not put in this work? I'm sitting in front of you with two all-decades, a national championship, a Super Bowl, a defensive player of the year, and all every accolade you can possibly have. And I'm feeding you right from the trough. Drink. When you say you need to go home, what what does it just in case there's coaches that watch this show? I hear from them. What 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 do you what do you what do you say? I got to be home by seven. Listen, I got to be home by no, eight. No, no, no. I'll do, I'll do 12, 12, 15 hours, six a.m. in the morning. I'm in the office. I mean, sleep when you're dead. I, I wake up early. I wake up four thirty in the morning like I'm late for work. Like 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 the quarterback is about to throw the ball. Sometimes I mean, I'm institutionalized. I mean, when you get up and you go to work every day at a facility, you know, dedicated to you know getting something done that very few have done. Trust me, I have no problem with the work, but at certain, but nine, ten o'clock, eleven, twelve, come on, let me go home and recharge this battery. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, let's move on to uh, last week in the NFL because I'm not gonna, I, I, I don't want to debate you about Colorado this week. We, we can do no, that. no, 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 no. We good. Week. We good. We'll it's see. coming. I know it's coming. You, you waiting on the L. It's coming. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave oh it alone. And I'm going to wish hey, you I will, well. I will, I will I, agree with you. He did not know the center. He, look, he looked up like, oh, is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm not even going. I'm not going there. Today I heard you. I heard you. But, one, but let's not. Let's not. Uh, who's comparing him to Nick Saban? Just, just quick one. Just quick one question for me. Who's comparing him to Nick Saban? Oh, I, I had someone do that yesterday to me. In an oh argument. man, you know how no. it goes. Come on, I had Dove, whoever he is, tell me I already joined the staff. I'm in my car driving to Tampa for Run Day Barber last night at the Tampa Bay Theater to watch the to watch the movie they put together. I'm like, and my phone is lighting up. I'm like, the man ain't got but 200,000 followers. That's as many I got on Instagram. I got them more than a million. If I want to make news, I can make news. I, I'm right here with you on Wednesday. I, I can make news. I mean, come on, man. We don't need Dove. Dove, stay in your, stay in your place, man. Come on. It, it, I mean, that don't even make sense, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to play. I'm, I'm playing. I digress. You know, I got an audience that's on my rear end about Dion, and, and I don't want to beef about it. He's three and zero. No, no, we're not. I'm beefing. happy we're not for you that they. We good. We good. Yeah. We good. We good. We're not I'm happy beefing. for you and 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 yeah, and and <laughs> want you to have to attain these goals and get involved with kids because I do. It will feed. You got kids. I don't. But helping kids along in their journey 
will keep you young and will keep yes. you energized. Yes, so, they uh, will keep you young because they will play music that you have no idea what the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> they special. That's why boy. I keep my dis- I can't, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> take the sexy red. But anyway, I want to talk to you about some things going on in the National Football League. Yesterday, and I know uh, you, this isn't your quarterback, so perhaps you can, uh, you'll be, I can't wait to hear your comments about uh, Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears quarterback, appeared to throw his coaching staff under the bus. Let's play the clip. Like I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just, not, not, not playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not... Uh, that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back to it's a game, um, and, and, and that's it, because that's when, you know, I play my best is when I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself, so. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes, I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Hey, Justin, you know, we've heard this before from, from other athletes, there are just too many, like coaching voices in your head at this point that you're trying to process so much is that kind of is that part of what you're saying um I don't think it's too many coaching voices but I just think when you know you're fed a lot of information um at a point in time and you're trying to think about that info like when you're playing it's like it doesn't let you play like yourself you're trying to you know process so much information to where it's like you know, if I just simplified in my mind, I would have did this. Like, I saw a few plays on Sunday to where if I was playing like my old self, like, we would have had a positive play. Like, there would have been, you know, a few more third down conversions. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, uh, playing the game how, you know, I know how to play it, how I've been playing it my whole life. So, that's what I got to get back to doing. So. All right. So, he came out with some comments trying to clarify, trying to clean it up. But your thoughts on Justin Fields here. I told the Chicago Bears to salvage the, mortgage the franchise and go get Bryce Young. This was not the quarterback for you. I told the whole city of Chicago and the world, they came after me. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. The kid had 91 sacks and was winning at the Mendoza line. And if you don't know what the Mendoza line, you're not a baseball guy or a big information guy like me, that's 200%. And now he's telling these people, the information you've given me, I don't understand it. I can't process it. So now I'm finna go free willing and running. Go ahead and see what that works. See how that works for you, young man. Go with that. Go with that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. This kid just basically said, what they've given me during the week, I can't process it from the chalkboard to the practice field to Sunday. 
So now I'm just finna play like I used to play back in at Ohio State, and you're gonna have to accept it. And you know, hey, whatever it is, I'm gonna get you a couple more third downs, get you a couple more, you know, uh, you know, couple more plays in here, and that's what you get. What? Imagine that being at your job and telling your boss, boss, that information you giving me, it ain't too many of y'all telling me. I just don't understand it and I can't process <laughs> it. And I'm gonna go out here and just wheel this thing like I see fit. How about that? How you like that? <laughs> well, these kids is so special, boy. Oh my goodness. And so who who did you want them to draft? Bryce Young. The number one pick. Bryce Young. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bryce Young, the number one. Yeah, for Bryce Young. Yeah, mortgage the franchise. Go get him because the last time I checked, the Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback since Sid Luckman. They went to the Super Bowl with Rex to see. Grossman, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Come on. And they know Khalil Mack, and they know Richard Dinn, and they know, you know Mike Singletary and Wilbur Marshall walking through that door. So you might want to get yourself a quarterback because the one you have just stood in front of the world and said, I am going to free Willie no matter what they tell me during the week. And they got to eat it. I can't wait for this. It's tough. He's got a first-year head coach. Uh, oh, yeah. Matty and that head coach knows that I, I need a quarterback in here that's going to keep me around here because all head coaches that stay in the league got a quarterback. And that guy takes coaching. Even Dak, you know, even Dak went 28 for 31 against, you know, the new monster. Didn't I tell you the Jets defense won no 85 Bears or no 2,000 Ravens or no 2,000 Bucks, 2,002 Bucks? Man, they went out of the Cowboy land. Dak looked like Steve Young down there, man. It was bad for the boys, man. They put, they put, they put cue ball in a two technique underneath Zach Martin. Q-Ball, what happened to all them sacks we were looking at in um, Hard Knocks? Oh, that's right. It was against your own offensive line. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you shouldn't do your team. Like yeah, Q-Ball. I call it the baby face killer yeah. up there. Big old defensive tackle that can do some special things, but they put him in a bad spot. Can't put that man in a two technique. Put him in a three and let him wheel and deal. Come on, stop playing. Oh, so you blame Robert Salah. You think they misused him against the Cowboys. Man, look at that tape. You tell me Dak Prescott's supposed to go 28 for 31? What? Sauce Gardner's on one side? Ain't that one-third of the earth cover? Then you rotate the coverage, right? <laughs> what am I missing here? Deion Sanders invented that. Deion Sanders said, listen, why should I go over and fight the number one receiver? Let me get over here and jump on number two and dominate him, and then we rotate the coverage today, number one. If any good quarterback drops back and look at double coverage, he has to turn it back to me. Hello. Hello. Roll your coverage, coach, and make him go at sauce. And then sauce, don't drop the pick. <laughs> don't drop the pick six. It's right in your hand, son. You got, you got, you got Zach Wilson, that quarterback. You're going to need all the points you can get. I guarantee you this. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, when you watch tape, uh, tape I don't know if you, what you seen. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come on. There's another quarterback struggling, and now he's caught up in a conspiracy theory that uh, he's, he's got a burner account on social media. Uh, Deshaun Watson is off. No, we have a, we have a, a Kevin Durant a, in the National Football League. That's, that's the rumor. That's, oh. <laughs> that's the speculation. Oh, Deshaun okay, Watson is... Yeah, he, he's struggling to recover from uh, all the allegations. Listen, I think his confidence has been ruined and, and now has a burner account, allegedly. Well, I tell you what, I want to see the Deshaun Watson that I saw down in Houston because I was watching the Pittsburgh game the other night and it was man-to-man coverage around there and the middle of the field just open and they're in the red zone. And if there's one thing I know about the National Football League and all quarterbacks... In the red zone, they get courage. They will run because there's a touchdown on the line. They will run. He didn't even look to run. He was waiting on um, the more kid, the little kid that's working on his second team uh, from Ole Miss to run a out and up and down the middle, and they sacked him. I'm like, Deshaun, wake up, son. That's, that, that's man-to-man in front of you in the middle of the field opened up. You've been gone. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, uh, uh, a multitude of quarterbacks is thinking too much. But I, I, boy, I'm looking at it, and the Richardson boy is staring him down, uh, running to the end zone like he, he he on a Sunday picnic just chilling like ain't nobody going to hit him. Boom! <laughs> now, he, now he gone. And, and the other kid, C.J. Stroud, throws for, what, 348 yards? I got to go inside and see what he did because – I don't know any receivers in Houston to throw it to for 384 yards. That's, that's, that's a lot of work. Would it get beat, 28-14 or yeah, something that, like that? 31-20, I think, is what the Yeah, something Texans like that, but I know it was 28-14 at one point. Yeah, it was 28-14 yeah, they, at they got down big. Yeah. They got down big and got a bunch of garbage yards at the end. The other big story coming out of that Cleveland debacle was Nick Chubb getting hurt. And Oof. there's been a lot of conversation about Minka Fitzpatrick and whether or not Stop. that hit is a, well. Hold on. Brett Favre. I want to play you this clip of Brett Favre yesterday on on this show saying he would like to see that type of hit illegalized. I disagreed with him, but let's play the clip of Brett Favre. I think the one hit that they need to to penalize or try to take out of the game is the going below the knees. Obviously, from the side and behind, you can't do that. That's illegal. But I think going real low is very dangerous for any player. They've, they've eliminated a chop block for at the line, uh, crack back block. They've eliminated that. But I think they need to eliminate going low on a – I mean, below the knees – and it looked like that's the type of hit that he got the other night. 
I disagree with Brett here because um, Derrick Henry would love Brett Favre as a referee. If everybody's got to hit Derrick Henry in the chest, good luck. <laughs> hey, I, I, I got a better one for you. I went inside because, you know, I was over with Rich Eisen the other day, and Rich, you know, said that, you know, X, the old Twitter. I said, the cesspool said it's dirty, so, you know, let me go in and look. I went in and looked, and I can show you the video. It's the freakiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mika Fitzpatrick, right knee, right on top of Chubb's foot to where now he can't, his foot can't come out when he hits him and it goes backward. It's the freakiest thing I had ever seen before. His knee pins his foot on the ground to where it can't move. I, I've been watching football a long time and I watch a lot of tape. I had never seen anything like this before in my life. It's the freakiest thing ever. And Mika's not gonna, Mika doesn't have Rodney Harrison's resume. Come on, man. We, we, we knew who the dudes was that would take you. You know, it, it's obvious when you, you know, Chuck Cecil was one of them guys who, who would light you up like that underneath the chin. I mean, it, it, we, we, we didn't hide the bad guys. We celebrated them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Mika's not that. Mika Fitzpatrick is not that. And I know Mike Tomlin does not coach that way. I promise you that. No. Don't do that. Mika Fitzpatrick uh, put out a statement defending himself, and I'm glad that he did. I would say, one, they've never tackled Nick Chubb before if they're telling me to go high. Two, what I seen was it opened up its goal line. I didn't see anybody on him. I made the decision as soon as I seen the hole open up and him in the hole to go low. You can tell me how to tackle him low, but it's a fast game. It's a game where you make decisions in milliseconds. Can't really control what happens after you choose to make your decision. I already chose to go low. Somebody got on his back. And when I was going low and what happened happened, there's nothing I really would do differently. Again, like I said earlier, it's very unfortunate. Nick Chubb's a great player. He makes the game a lot better when he's playing. Just hope for a speedy recovery. Again, I don't think Mika Fitzpatrick got right there with you. He's got Amen. nothing to apologize for. A great player. Nothing. Great nothing. Player. And Absolutely I, and I don't nothing think, to apologize. And I don't think you can, you know, we've already softened the game up. I, I don't think <laughs> Brett Favre's suggestion, I just don't think it can be applied in a way that's fair and consistent it, no. it just calls for more judgment decisions that would just dirty up the game. Well, I mean, come on. We watch we watch Lawrence Taylor go over the top of Joe Tyson's leg breaking half. We watch Bird, you know, get paralyzed on Thanksgiving. Come on, I mean, let's let's stop it, man. It's, I'm telling you, I looked at the play. It's the freakiest thing I've ever seen before. I've never seen somebody's knee go right on top of somebody's foot. There was no way for his foot leg to come out of there. I mean, it's just, it's very unfortunate, but, you know, speedy recovery. But leave Mika alone. That, that Mika's Fitzpatrick, no. Leave that man alone. That This is not, no, no. Mm -mm. Don't want to hear All it. All right, so you're, you're, you're down in Tampa right now supporting your guy, Rondé Barber. Yeah. Uh, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-0. and oh. Baker yes, Mayfield has not turned the ball over. Are Shh. you buying Baker and the Bucks? Is this for Shh. real? Shh. 
Don't be talking like that. It's just like when the man, you're looking at the man finna make the putt, talking about the man that hit every 10-foot putt all day, all weekend, and then he misses the one on 17 and loses the tournament. No, Baker had his first 300-yard day since what, 2000, since he was in Cleveland? Hey, man, I yeah. Baker is processing what we need to process, but the thing that's going on right now is my defense. You talk, you talk Baker all you want. I saw my two linebackers in Devin White and Levante David communicate with each other. I watched my front and back end come together like, you know, good church folks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, boy, I, I, I'm seeing something that I haven't seen in Tampa in a long time, and that's some real defense. And Shaq Barrett, God bless you, because I, I, I don't know how you're doing it, but, boy, you are doing it. You are fighting off the baby going away in the all season, and, oh, my goodness, Whitlock, his footwork is, oh, like a ballerina right now. I mean, he's moving so sweet. Logan Hall is throwing people inside, and Vita Vega has figured out, if I'm running towards the quarterback, it must be a screen. Finally. <laughs> we play like we're supposed to play on defense. And, I mean, it's eight of us right now, but we got three teams in the NFC South that are 2-0. Atlanta's 2-0, and the Saints are 2-0. And the Saints was rushing that quarterback the other night. Ooh, woo. Cam Jordan still got some gas in the tank. Todd Bowles, many people were, he came into the season with a lot of pressure <laughs> on him. And, and when you talk about the defense playing well, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's got to receive some of the credit for what's going on on the defensive side of the ball and with the whole team. Oh, no, I absolutely believe his fingerprints are all over this. All over this because when people are questioning your job and the thing that you do is defense, they're going to judge you on that defense. And he's got, we got some good people. I mean, Antoine Winfield in the back, the two linebackers, the whole front. I mean, Dean on the outside. We we got some bodies. We we got some Willies and Joes. Because, I mean, Todd's just drawing up the X's and O's, but it's the Willies and Joes that make it come to life. And, that, that's right now. We, we got a good group out there. Whatever, whatever 11 is on the field is playing together. And that's the one thing I believe in any defense. If you play together, our offense will find a way to monk it up. To see Baker on his fourth team and M16. finally maybe it's coming together. <laughs> <laughs> it finally maybe it's coming together. The only analogy that... that and it's not a good analogy, but it's the only one I could think of. Rich Gannon came into his own late in his career. He, he had been a journeyman and then came into his own in Oakland. Uh, and, and it was incredible. I, I was with him in Kansas City. And when they let him go and people in Kansas City thought it was a mistake. And then in his mid and late 30s, Rich Gannon became a great player. Baker and him, similar size. Uh, similar arm strength. Do, do you see any of that perhaps in Baker Mayfield, a little bit of Rich Gannon? We're talking about a two-time back-to-back MVP, right? Let's see a little more. one time and finished second once. I think, I think back-to-back. I think he went back-to-back. I think he went back-to-back. I, 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 I think he went back-to-back. I think he did. I think he did. Him and John had something going, boy. They was lighting fools up. 
And if it weren't for Sarah Goose, a little too early to compare him to. A little too early to compare him to Rich Gannon is what your bottom line is. Your yeah, position. let's see Baker. Let's see Baker do a little bit more work, baby. And Rich Gannon was a pretty good athlete, <laughs> you know. And Baker can move a little bit too, but I, I, that Rich was smooth. Rich was smooth. The Delaware, the, the Delaware Blue Hen was smooth. I mean, he's he bad boy. When you know it's college, that would let you know the quarterback was smooth. Pro Football Reference has Rich Gannon at one MVP. Uh, he finished fourth. Uh, in the in the other MVP, okay. So you know he had two back to back great years, though. Yeah, he was lighting you up out there. I'm uh, telling you. <laughs> before I let you go, give me a score prediction: Oregon, Colorado. If it, I, I I don't care about no scores. If it's anything like last week, sign me all the way up, dog. I watched the greatest one minute and 28 seconds I've ever seen at a football game in my life. I mean, and they started it with a little handoff, and I'm like, uh, fellas, we're going to get to get moving. I mean, we're, we're still in the shadow of our old goalposts. Man, 35-34. Mm, all right. That, you know, you're a football historian, and when yes. they punted the ball – and put him on the two-yard line. Dude, the no, first no, no. thought rugby, of my mind was the drive. Rugby one side. Rugby one side and then yeah. kicked it back the other way. I I was there in 86. I watched John Elway in the drive. He had three amigos he was throwing it to. This kid basically put this kid, this team on his back and say, I've been getting you know sacked from the backside. I'm taking off if I got to go. The two runs back-to-back. Then he was running again and got the face mask. I'm done. What was that? Four or five plays? I, I, I got to look. Shador Sanders is a baller. That, that is yes. one thing that I can we say. Can agree a thousand we all can percent agree on. sure that's okay. been proved. Right. Okay. okay. He's a baller. To, to do 98 yards, Travis Hunter out of the game, the, the offense has been a mess most of the game. And then he just said, I'm going to bail my daddy out. I'm not going to have my daddy going to this press conference and have to answer these questions. <laughs> I got you, and and that's what. And so, Dion needs to tell his boy, like, thank you, you you you. Oh no 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 no! Grown is there, that. Grown is that. No doubt about it. He is that. I mean, what? A, and then he say, I'm going into Brady mode. I, I don't know what that is, but I like it. <laughs> I've never been around that, but I like it. I mean, geez, 98 yards in under a minute and a half, Jay. That's that's. And you know what? College coaches are going crazy over. The running clock. <laughs> yeah, I used to love college football because it would take forever. It was so many more opportunities for the kids to do something crazy. But now, it's over. I mean, you look up and it's over. I mean, the, the clock is just running. Not, well, not that game. That game was <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. It went, it went until 1 o'clock. I was up, I was up at one thirty in the morning. Hey, dog, me too. I was like, what in the hell? I ain't been up this late, boy, in a long time but, without some entertainment But around. not just awake. Not just awake. I was oh, no. wide awake. I wasn't yawning. I wasn't, I wasn't like checking the clock. In it. Engulfed in it, yeah. running to the refrigerator, getting more refreshments, coming back. That's the that's how awake I was. I'm like, my God, I was almost pacing in that thing, dog. I, I, if it's anything like that in Oregon, sign me up. I mean, I, come on, man. That, that was great Saturday night football. I just hope it ain't at 10 o'clock again. Jeez. 
Come on. All right, well, uh, Sap, as always, this was great. I'm going to let you get back to hanging out with your boys and celebrating with Rondé and enjoying your weekend in Tampa. Thank you so much. Great job. See, I can play nice. I, can, I, I took no cheap shots at, uh, at, at Dion. I, you know, although I do think, now I'm going to get saucy now to spice uh, this Sap's gone. Yeah, I agree with Sap. 35, 34 points, that's going to be about to spread this weekend. Uh, Oregon, <laughs> Colorado. Uh, anyway, uh, let me tell you guys about a great opportunity for uh, you small business owners. Collective, as a business of one, you're killing yourself for everything you earn. So when you're paying a CPA, a bookkeeper, payroll, and other administrative services, every dollar counts, and every dollar is out. It's very painful. Not only does your admin work cost you an arm and a leg, it also takes you away from your own billable hours. Double whammy. There has to be a better way, and there is. Collective.com. Collective was built specifically for businesses of one that are making over 60000 in profit a year. Collective handles all of the stuff that used to cost a pile of money for a fraction of the cost, and listen up because I'll tell you how to save on your membership and lock in their lowest price of the year. Here's how it works. Collective is an all-in-one financial solution for businesses of one. It handles all of your business information and compliance, paperwork, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. If you're set up as an LLC or just a sole proprietorship, Collective can elect your S-Corp tax status which could save you thousands on your taxes. In fact, collective members save an average of 10,000 per year on taxes with this structure. A collective membership pays for itself within just a few months and it's 100% tax deductible. A team of experts to handle your business formation, accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, and business taxes at a small fraction of the cost plus save potentially thousands of dollars each year on taxes. That's collective.com slash fearless. Again, collective.com slash fearless. Don't go anywhere. Steve Kim, the Korean Cosell, next. It's my obligation to hate discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. Previously on Fearless. Y'all all probably think the Dion thing's gonna work. Warren, you start oh, us I'm, off. I'm, I'm fully here. Because the man is so consistent and patient with the with, with them young men. And then he surrounded himself with great with, with good coaches around him. It's not just him. It's not just him. If it was just him, I'd be like, Prime, you can't do this all by yourself, baby. You're a Florida boy, and I know we walk around with chips on our shoulders and think we walk on water, but that's just too much. He's got a great staff with him, mm -hmm. and the kids are all in. When, I mean, when, he, when he's in front of them talking, I mean, it, it's almost like they're in a trance. And you know how that is when you got a football team on one beat. When you got a football team on one beat, we can do whatever we yeah. want to do because we're all rowing in the same direction. All right, welcome back. Let's roll out to Los Angeles, bring in the Korean Cosell. 
Uh, Steve, uh, we just had your boy from the U, Warren Sapp, on the show. He did a great job, as always. Uh, I didn't spend really any time, well, we did spend some time talking Colorado. Let me, let me, let me walk that back. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to save the Colorado Dion talk for you for a little bit later because there's something else I want to cover. I don't know if you saw this. Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool, uh, outed and embarrassed a Washington Post writer who's planning to write a hit piece on Dave Portnoy. I've been all over the map with Portnoy in terms, I really respect what he built at Barstool. Some of Dave Portnoy is a bit slimy, but for the most part, Dave has probably been a force for good in a very politically correct time. And I really love what he did here uh, to the Washington Post reporter. They've written a piece as they're prone to do. He's having something called a one bite pizza fest. He's got that whole stick of rating pizzas based off one bite. They're doing a pizza fest and the Washington Post is attacking the advertisers that are associating with that. They're going to write a piece tomorrow or Saturday, I'm not sure, trying to shame these sponsors and reaching out to these sponsors, really trying to undermine the event. And Dave called the reporter and called her out on it. Let's watch this clip. This is Emily. Hey, Emily, this is Dave Portnoy calling. Uh, I'm recording you right now, but I've noticed a bunch of people. You're, it seems like you're sending, we have this pizza fest happening on Saturday and you're reaching out to our advertisers and you're basically sending an email that says to the effect, Dave's a misogenic racist. Do you want to defend yourselves advertising at this event, right? I'm sorry, what's your name, Dave? I'm sorry, who are you? I'm the guy you're writing the article about, Dave Portnoy. Oh, you're Dave Portnoy. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. Good. No, I'm not, I'm not I haven't said anything like that. I'm well, I, I, can, I can read, if you want, if you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah, read, because I, I sent a bunch of notes, so I want to make sure I know which one. Okay. Uh, we are planning to write about the festival and how and how some of the sponsors and participants have drawn criticism by seemingly to associate themselves with Dave Portnoy, who has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior. I want to make sure that Blank had a chance to respond to this since the company is the most prominent and their partners of his festival. Oh, that's the one I sent to which was definitely the most pointed of them because I really did want them to respond and I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like I, I totally disagree with the assertions of what you said, that misogenic and all that stuff. So like it kind of backs people into a corner. So I'm happy to go over anything. I mean, you have, that is pretty pointed. You said you didn't do it. Then I have the exact evidence of you doing it. So no, I didn't say I didn't do that. I said I did. That was the one that was the most. Pointed. Well, no, you, you that went before I before I provided proof. You said you didn't really remember doing that. And then I read it to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I did it that one time. So you did do it. Um, I'm happy to talk about the comments because to me, it's kind of like torturous interference. Like we're doing an event. Everyone's happy about the event. Uh, you know, I've raised 50 million for small business. I've helped pizza. None of that. It's. Dave's misogenic and problematic, and I'm happy to talk about it because to me, nobody would like if someone's going around sending that email to their sponsors. And again, you're not like questioning. You're, you're, it's almost like a statement of fact. This is what I am. Yeah, so um, I do want to talk to you about this. Um, and I just want you to know that <laughs> the story I'm working on, I'm working on with a colleague, um, 
and I want to kind of loop him on this because we did want to talk to you. And we were when were you on, when were you going to reach out? We were planning on doing it tomorrow morning, hmm. but um, so you're going to write the article and then give me like I've had that a bunch. People write no, a full no, article and then give me the points no, no, after. We're doing a bunch of, no, we're doing a bunch of reporting, and we wanted to make sure that when we finally did talk to you, we could really kind of present what you know or talk about things more fully based on like what, what like it done. sounds like you have your opinion made of me based on no, that email no, no. i think it's awesome and it's the only way you can deal with these people in this time he cold busted her in a lie she they're gonna call her they're gonna call him a few hours before they publish the story and say, hey, we reached out to Dave, he didn't respond, or he didn't respond in time, and blah, 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 and they were gonna pretend like they, they wanted to hear his side of the story. They have no interest in his side of the story. They just wanna scare sponsors away from him. This is what passes for journalism in this modern, politically correct, cancel culture environment we've uh, created. And I'm I'm proud, or I hate to say proud, you know I hate that word, but I'm pleased that Dave Portnoy publicly called out the Washington Post in this reporter. My reaction, yeah, <laughs> I don't bring out the slow eighties clap a lot, but the, 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 right here, I'm just telling you, Woodward and Bernstein must be rolling over in their grave. Don't know if they're dead, but really, uh, if they were, they would be rolling over in their grave. Uh, let's get to a couple points here that just came to mind. When she said, oh, you're that Dave Portnoy, as if Dave Portnoy is like this really common name like Jose Gonzalez in Montebello or in East L.A. or uh, Han Cho in Koreatown. Really, you didn't know which Dave Portnoy that was? Speaking of Dave, you have testosterone as that word you can't pronounce. Dave obviously has misogynistic. Hey. None of us are perfect. We all have a hole in our swing. No. Okay. Hold, hold, hold on, Steve. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. We don't know what she actually wrote because mm -hmm. the word he said is actually a word. Okay. It's not. He. We think he. You know, he meant misogynistic, but I, I. We don't know what she wrote. He may have been saying exactly what she wrote, but. I do. I did find it odd the whole time I was I was listening and watching that. But continue. And Jason, you're right. The the level and the standard at the Washington Post has lowered, so there's a chance that your theory could be spot on. Okay. The other thing is, you're right. You now have to be preemptive. There's no room to counterpunch. You cannot be Pernell Whitaker. You must now be Julio Cesar Chavez. You must go in there and body punch. In fact, don't don't body punch. Low blow them if you have to. There's such a dishonesty with the media. There used to be a philosophy that we as the media, we are in general Switzerland. We're neutral. We're going to get the facts and then we'll make up our mind, but we'll always be based on evidence and the truth. But now what's going on with this modern day advocacy journalism, which is really based on a lot of is on the wrong political side. Uh, of the spectrum? Does he align with our beliefs? Like, think about this. Do you believe that that lady, that fine, intrepid reporter, would call out sponsors who are supporting an event where transgenders are shaking their junk in front of three-year-old toddlers? Would they dare do that? Would they dare question your sponsorship of such events of that nature? 
I think that's almost a rhetorical question. And again, uh, my my uh, hearty tip of the cap to Mr. Portnoy. Well done. Steve, I, I think you make an excellent point, and I'm glad you went there with the, you know, if do. this was some LGBTQ-friendly event, not a peep, wouldn't care who sponsored it, wouldn't care if, if Jeffrey Epstein came out of his grave and sponsored it. They, they wouldn't question anything. But Steve, I, I've been in the position that Portnoy's in, and, and I, <laughs> there was a piece written on me either in Newsweek or time, I think it was Newsweek, and I, I, I don't know why I can't think of the reporter's name. It escapes me right now at this point, but it was clearly gonna be a hostile anti-Whitlock piece when I was at ESPN the second time. And he made it so crystal clear. He came the first day to our offices in LA, asked a bunch of stupid questions, and I was like, okay, th this is another hatchet job. And so the next day when he did the follow-up interview, I sat down across from him and said, whipped out my tape recorder, and I said, right. I'm going to tape this interview. And, and there was an ESPN PR guy sitting with me, and I was like, but I, I just want to tape. And I've never released, and I transcribed the entire interview. And I would love, but, but there was just no place for me to do it because it was, all, it was illegal for me to defend myself at the time at ESPN, the, 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 man, the guy that I reported to, John Kozner, put me in a little trick bag where if I defended myself against any of these attacks, I was being selfish. And he, he had entered that into the conversation. That's how I was being evaluated. But I would love to show people the article that was written and then show them the transcript of the interview. And it's two completely different worlds, two completely different things. It has nothing to do with what was actually said and, and what the, the truth was. But, uh, and, and had my dealings with the Washington Post. I can't, I think the guy's name maybe is Ben Strauss, was their sports media yeah. reporter. I, I went and gave a speech to a group of conservative blacks in Washington, D.C. five, six, seven years ago. And, and from the outset, this is there's like a way that they want to portray you or whoever the, the subject me at the time and 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 then there's reality and so in the first sentence or two of this Washington Post story they said that I got up to speak and all of these red-hatted Trump supporters stood up in applause mm. and there's a picture of me standing in front of the audience and there are no red hats. <laughs> you, can, you can see the audience. They're writing a deal like that every, everybody in red hats got up to applause. And then you look at the picture that, that runs above the story and there's no red hat. So uh, I, the, the level of dishonesty with the media is, is so out of control. And, and I just, I don't, it's never going to get fixed. I, I, I don't believe her because even I have a subscription to the Washington Post. I have a subscription to the New York Times. I don't think either institution is honest, but I still somewhat rely on their information, and it, it, it makes me feel hypocritical and stupid that I support them, but, but I still do. Yeah, old habits are hard to break. As someone that did actually read newspapers till about seven, eight years ago, but. 
I really believe now if you are a figure like a Dave Portnoy or anybody else that next time you get a request for the media, you should say, sure. And I'm going to take everything that we do. We're, we're going to have full transparency, not for your protection, but for mine. Because on that phone call, the stuttering and the stammering from that female reporter was really striking in a sense that, oh, geez, they got me. That it actually became the reverse gotcha moment. But my, but that would be my advice to anyone that's going to be a, uh, a subject of any of these critical think pieces. Say, yes, and I just want you to know I'm going to set up. Because Aaron Rodgers did that, I believe, recently, last year. So I, I would just say, look, I'm going to give you all the time we want. I want to give you the most fulfilling, long-winded, verbose answers because I want to help you. And we're going to set up a podcast uh, form. We're going to just tape everything. And in fact, you know what? We're going to have three cameras and we're going to transcribe this word for word because you know why? Because I believe in being fair and balanced. And, and, and let's see what the reason, because if they do not want to do that, then they never had the right intentions. Jason, I can honestly tell you the greatest compliment I ever got as a writer or a reporter was from Lester Bedford. He's a local promoter who also managed Jesse James Lehaw. And he read a story one time where I actually featured his fighter. He actually wrote me an email and said, oh, my, Steve, that may be the best story for one reason. You actually quoted my guy perfectly. I mean, you literally went word for word. You, I said, that's what I do. I actually transcribe word for word. And they said, Steve, I've never actually heard Jesse's voice when I read a story to that degree. There, there's a lot of fighters, a lot of managers, promoters that they that they may not like me. They've never been able to say that I took anything out of context. I and and I don't want to go woe is me and continue, but do you remember? You probably remember the Deadspin stories that were written about yes. me by the the Greg Howard kid. And so the last one and. and started out with a story with him in a hospital bed on his deathbed and he's got me screaming and yelling at him over the phone while he's on his deathbed and and I I I, I have the I, and I still have the email where the kid sent me an email because I did call him while he was in the hospital he sent me an email thanking me for the way that I treated him when he was ill and uh, it, it just, and then when I turned around and read a story that somehow I was screaming and yelling at him and mistreating him, and I'm like, dude, you sent me an email thanking me for the respectful way that I treated you. But it, it's just, that, that's when I just, my disdain for leftist media and their lack of honesty couldn't be at a higher level. And it, it, you know, it's one of the things I connect with Trump over is the media is that dishonest, but I'm gonna move on. I, I gotta give everybody what they've come to the show for, and that's my daily dose of Dion, and I'm gonna involve, <laughs> involve yeah. you in it. Shaquille O'Neal uh, has compared uh, Dion Sanders <laughs> to Phil Jackson, watch this. What do you make about everything that Dion's done and just how he's, he's flipped that whole program around in, in months? I know exactly what the kids are going through because when you are standing in front of someone that has an impressive resume and you're trying to get to the level he get to, everything you say is golden. 
You know, I felt that way when Phil Jackson first came to the Lakers. Like, you know, before he got there, me and Kobe, we got swept all the time. But when he came in there and stepped in the locker room and we saw he didn't panic, so it taught us not to panic. We know that this guy knows what he's talking about. Everybody watched him win six rings in Chicago. He knows exactly what he's talking about. So I know when the defense is listening to him, I know I know they're locked in. I know when the offense is listening to him, they're locked in. I know when his son is listening to him, they're locked in. When they were down 15, it was a camera pan to Dion's face and reminded me of Phil Jackson. And I've always said, if the general doesn't panic, the troops don't panic. And I told my boys, watch this. And then his son even alluded to it. It was Brady time. And Shador just kept picking the defense apart. They scored, you know, took the thing to overtime. It was a beautiful game to watch. Uh, Dion, right now, is the best best coach in college football. You heard it here first. Hmm. Best coach in college football. You heard it there first from Shaquille O'Neal. Who knows better than, you know, seven-foot basketball player, Hall of Fame basketball player, than Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> All right. Man, there's some groupies out here for Dion. Anyway, uh, Phil Jackson. Does Dion remind you of Phil Jackson? I mean, yeah, if he's really the best coach in college football, uh, you never should have been down double digits at home to a 23-point uh, dog. If you're really the best coach in college football, you would have just blown him out by, I don't know, 23 points or more. Look, Shaq is a very savvy individual. He's actually taken some heat from the younger generation of NBA players on Inside the NBA for some pointed criticism, and then they don't want to talk to him, and it's made for awkward TV. Nobody wants to be on the receiving end of that. As of right now, if you are part of the Black Cognoscenti, you have to be exorbitant in your praise of Dion, or as the kids say, yo, you just be hatering, dog. So he doesn't want to be coming off as a haterer, right? <laughs> so there will be no hateration here because Shaq wants to be liked. It's, it's the God's honest truth. There's almost like this obligation to not only praise Dion, but to go above and beyond because you want to be on code. Shaq knows what he's doing, okay? And look, I think me and you disagree on certain things of Dion. I'm a little bit more complimentary than you have been, but I'm with you on this one. Well, I, I've I've stated no opinion so far on this one, but I agree with everything you just said. Uh, Shaq wants to be on code, and there is a code that you know you must kiss Dion's rear end. Uh, I'm not going to participate in that, uh, but Shaq yeah, is. That's off to him. He he's on national. T he's got to do it. Uh, one more one more little dose of uh, Dion here. Uh, Taylor Rooks, I believe, on Bleacher Report. Uh, interviewed Dion and, and Dion got to uh, celebrate himself and his coaching expertise uh, because he inspired uh, Jimmy Horn to score that uh, game tying touchdown or the touchdown to lead to them, led them to being able to tie the game and go into overtime. Let's watch uh, Dion pat himself on the back. We had an instance on the sideline um, this last game with Jimmy was having a horrific game. He's a receiver, Jimmy Horn. And I said, Jimmy, you're a dog. We from Florida, man. And guess what? Pop is at the crib and he's incarcerated watching you right now. And he wants to clap in front of all his different inmates because he believes in his son. We gonna make Pop proud tonight. 
That's what we're going to do because his son is a dog. Now you go out there and show the world who you are. And in return, he went and caught the touchdown, the game-time touchdown. And he was having a just speaking life into Jimmy and understanding where he was, where he, where he was located. I've been there because I sympathize and empathize with him and I know his background and his situation. So I'm able to pull that intangible out of him that I connect to him in a pivotal time like that. And that's why I got to know my, I got to know my kids. I got to know this team. I got to know them individually as well as collectively. Except for the white center. He doesn't need to know him. Uh, but anyway, your, your thoughts on Dion uh, celebrating Dion. You know that dramatic music in the back? It just makes it perfect. It just completes it. Just that cherry on top. Well, I mean, look, I, I remember watching that. And look, Dion is the type of guy, he's going to be inspirational. He's going to be relatively upbeat. And, and look, it worked. He got the kid back on track. There's certain kids you could scream at. Other kids, you got to pat on the back and say, hey, let's get going. Obviously, Younghorn is the type of guy that you got to uplift him a little bit. But, you know, Jason, it's really funny uh, watching all of this because right now I am reading one of the classic books, A Season on the Brink from John Feinstein or Feinstein about the 1985-86 Indiana Hoosiers under the direction of the general Robert Montgomery Knight. And as I'm reading this, with the juxtaposition of what is taking place in today's coaching, and specifically with Dion, who has become the national story, right, of the first quarter of college football, I know me and you are going to maybe hate this or be chagrined. Maybe the Dion way of coaching, of uplifting and always encouraging, is the way you have to do it. That maybe the Bobby Knight way is simply not going to fly anymore with today's kids. There's a reality. I, I can see the look at it. There you go. You don't, you don't disagree with me, or you do. But I'm just telling you, if you get in kids' First face, of all, Steve, 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 who's he uplifting and encouraging? He's uplifting and encouraging Dion. Not so much no, as players. No, 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 no. I completely disagree. In that situation, he needed a player to get back on track. He's like, hey, Stick with me here. There's a lot of football left. Steve. Okay. Steve. What? Steve. Steve. He did that on Saturday. Now it's Monday or Tuesday, and now he's uplifting Dion by sharing the personal well, moment with his the players. There the used to be sport. things that went on with teams that remain within the team. But okay. Dion, hey, your daddy's in jail and in prison, and that's how I inspire. That, 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 Putting this kid's information out there to uplift Dion, not the kid. That video that you just watched has nothing to do with the kid. On Saturday on the field, that was about the kid. Now it's about Dion. I look. I don't disagree, but maybe look. Maybe Dion lacks a little <laughs> bit of self-awareness. But I would say this. What am I? What are the? I'm just telling you. There's like 500 instances on season on the brink that just makes me laugh. It, it, even though it's just cringe. Uh, one of Bobby Knight's whipping boys was a, Cyril, a center by the name of Daryl Thomas. I remember him. He wore number 24. Yeah. Decent player. He's a little bit soft. So there's one game he finally toughens up. He gets physical, and they lead him to a victory. And Bobby Knight gets in the locker room. I, I swear he said this. Hey, Thomas, 
You know what? It's about time you stitched up your vaginal orifice and got down to playing bass. I'm proud of you, kid. <laughs> I read that three times going, did he just say <laughs> So there's, there's ways of doing it. Maybe Dion is doing it the new way. I'm not saying one's better than the other. Um, you you are again, aware, though. You are aware, Steve. I'm from Indiana, and Bobby Knight took a lot of criticism for his coaching style. Yes, he did. Yes. Despite winning all those championships or whatever. Do you think it was warranted? Do you think it was warranted in your view? Yeah, to some degree, yes. I didn't have a real problem with Bobby Knight, but yes, the guy was out of control. Yeah, he was a bully. And but again, he was a a military style bully. He you know, I think he went to you know coasted West Point or whatever. Yeah, and so he comes from a military-style background, and back then, that's what you did. You you were Lou Gossett Jr. and an officer and a gentleman to all the players, and and that's what worked. Uh, and so, but but I got why the media pushed back against Bob Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight stood his ground, dealt with the criticism, but everybody's acting like you can't criticize Dion. It's illegal. No, that, er, 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 I will not argue yeah. that, Jason. I will say this, and I know things fell apart at the end at Indiana for coach Knight, but I would also say in his defense, he produced a lot of young men that were ready to face the harsh realities of the real world. Dion, in my view, I'm going to judge him years down the line is how many of those individuals that don't have 10 year NFL careers will you produce? I'm willing to wait and see. But uh, I'm just telling you that that Bobby Knight season on the brink. All my all my vast millions of fans out there, Uncle Kimster saying, read the book. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you cringe. It's a great book. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Uh, most of us read it 30 years ago. Steve, hats off to you for hopping on the bandwagon 30 years late. Uh, we gotta go. I'm out of time. Play tomorrow. What a cheap shot. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Twice.